This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, episode number 11. Today, we're going to talk about ADHD and whether or not it is a superpower. Controversial topic. (laughs) But before we do that, I was just in the kitchen telling my partner I'm about to record an episode, asking him to keep his noise down. And my cat was in the kitchen and I was talking to my cat, as I do. I'm a crazy cat lady. And my partner said, you're talking to your cat, right? Like you are speaking a different language. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to the cat. And then I come to record for you all and I get a little bit of grief in this household because I have podcast language or podcast voice as well. So although I live here in New Zealand and I'm a Kiwi, apparently I get a bit of an American accent going or I talk in my American voice when I record a podcast. So there's that. (laughs) Apparently I speak multiple languages. I speak cat, I speak American, I speak New Zealand And yes, I know those are not languages, but that is how we roll in this household. (laughs) All right, my friends, let's talk about superpowers. So prior to getting diagnosed with ADHD, I had never entertained the idea that ADHD could be a superpower. But the more I have learned about what it means to have ADHD, what we are capable of, of with our ADHD brains and how we can actually harness our skills and abilities and use our ADHD for us, I am inclined to believe that yes, it is a superpower. Now, if you think I am crazy, I encourage you to wait and give me a few minutes, hang around and hear me out. You don't have to necessarily change your mind. I can't make you do that, but if you're willing to keep listening, I might be able to help you feel better about what it means to have ADHD, okay? So I have been thinking a lot about this and about this specific episode that I have wanted to record since the beginning, and I think we can all agree that having ADHD isn't without challenges. So we may struggle to finish things, we can be easily distracted, we may lose track of time, have trouble getting started with activities, get glared at or told off for interrupting people, we may struggle to maintain friendships or feel often overwhelmed by the amount of things that we need to get done or perhaps overwhelmed by the state of our house and trying to get things in order. Okay, but we also have some pretty cool abilities that the neurotypical folks do not have. So we can hyper-focus on tasks or topics and be incredibly productive (laughs) when we actually enjoy what we're doing and we're really passionate about it. So... 
As Dr. Hallowell says, it's not that we have a deficit of attention, it's quite the opposite. We have an abundance of attention and we channel it into the things that we enjoy. Also, we are often incredibly empathetic. So those of us with ADHD, we are able to feel more deeply and we can often kind of sense and feel what other people are feeling. I think that's incredible. We are full of ideas. We are the creative people of the world, the rule breakers and the change makers. We have the ability to really think outside of the box and see things differently. We are able to see and observe things that other people can't. So I've always been labeled as incredibly observant. And I couldn't understand why. I just assumed that everyone else could see what I see. They just, you know, were ignoring it or not paying attention to it. But no, no, we can see things in situations that other people can't. We pick up on social cues. We might be able to walk into a room and and know that something has just gone down. An argument's been had. There's tension in the air. And, you know, we can tell things other people just might be completely oblivious to. We're also incredibly entrepreneurial. We are willing to take risks. We give things a go. We try different things. We are often enthusiastic and energetic. So I made a list of some of the super cool things that I've done in my life that I can directly link and relate to having ADHD. So one of those is moving to the other side of the world. In 2014, I left New Zealand. I brought a one-way ticket all by myself and I moved to London, to the other side of the world, knowing only one person, not having a job confirmed. I just went. It was one of the hardest and one of the best things I've ever done. It completely changed my life. Becoming an entrepreneur. I decided in 2016, I think, that I was going to get certified as a life coach and start my own business. And I did that whilst working full time for a number of years. And then I dropped down to part time. And then eventually I took that magical leap and went to work full-time for myself. During that time, I started a Facebook community for solo female travelers. I had so many ideas and I loved travel. I have traveled solo all over the globe and I attribute taking those risks and starting that, you know, community, which grew to roughly 40,000 women around the world. I started hosting trips and retreats. I had, you know, never done that before. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was willing to take risks and try things. And I had all these fun, creative, awesome ideas that I didn't overthink. I just went with it. (laughs) I attribute a lot of that to having ADHD, to being creative and entrepreneurial and willing to give things a go, right? I I started a podcast. Now I have two podcasts. You're listening to my second one. My first one is called Brave AF. It has about 250,000 downloads. It is listened to in, I think, roughly 60 countries around the world. And on that first episode, I was shit scared, terrified. (laughs) 
no idea what I was doing, but willing to give it a go. And I thank ADHD for helping me. Having traveled solo around the world as a woman. Never letting somebody tell me that I can't or I shouldn't. And I heard that all the time, especially when I went to Rio. Oh, it's one of the most unsafest places in the world. Do you think you should really do that? Watch me. My willingness to try anything once, apart from bungee jumping. (laughs) I jumped out of a plane. That was amazing. I'd totally do it again. Right? I was promoted in workplaces because I was the one thinking outside of the box, super passionate about the company and therefore always going the extra mile, especially in workplaces where I could use my creative talents and my own initiative. And that was really encouraged because I thrived in that environment and I sought out those environments. And then I did really well and got promoted super fast all the way up the ladder. So many incredible life experiences that I have had that I can relate to my ADHD neurodivergent brain. And when I think about having a neurotypical brain, like a brain without ADHD, I think boring. Really, how boring? Snooze. Now, I have never been a fan of the idea of normal. I like different. It is why I love to travel so much, to experience different cultures and different ways of living and learn new things and be exposed to things I've never heard of or seen or smelled or touched before. I love that. I like different. I like being different. And having ADHD gives me just that. It gives me difference. So I encourage you to think about what has your ADHD contributed to in your life? What has it helped you to do? What positive experiences has it offered, created, brought into your life? Because so often we have this, you know, this negativity bias. It's built into all of us, regardless of whether we have ADHD or not. We lean slightly to the side of, you know, what's not working, what's not going well, what are the problems here? So it's so easy for us to focus on any negative sides or negative things about our ADHD. I encourage you to do the opposite because your brain isn't generally going to go there on its own. You've got to lead it in that direction and show it. What does ADHD give you that it doesn't give your neurotypical friends, colleagues, family members? This is really worth exploring and I encourage you to write down these questions and answer them. I know for me, I wouldn't trade my life experiences and the things that I have done, the places I've been and all the incredible humans that I've met. I would not trade that for anything. I would not trade that for a neurotypical brain. And I believe That this life I am living is only going to get better from here. Especially with the knowledge that I, you know, I'm sharing with you all here on this podcast that I'm learning in regards to women with ADHD, in regards to, you know, coaching and tools and mindset and how to thrive with ADHD. Knowledge is empowering, right? With this knowledge, We can thrive even more. So 
I want to acknowledge some well-known people with ADHD. And I know I may have mentioned some, some of these names before on the podcast. So we have Richard Branson. And I like mentioning him because he did not finish uh, high school and go to college. And I just love that because <laughs> he's created so much success defying what everyone thinks you should do. <laughs> so he has both dyslexia and ADHD. Another one is Simone Biles. So she is the American gymnast who has won, I believe, seven medals thus far in her career. Another one is Emma Watson, the actress. Michael Jordan. I was doing some research prior to this episode. I didn't actually know that. That was a new one that stood out for me. Michael Jordan. He took advantage of his ADHD symptoms, his hyperfocus and hyperactivity, and he merged that with his determination and created a shitload of success in his basketball career. Michelle Rodriguez. So if you don't know who that is, I'm a huge fan of the movies. Um, gosh, what are they called? Oh my gosh, I'm having an ADHD moment. My memory. <laughs> my working memory is like, mm -mm, we're not going to give it to you. So they are the Fast and Furious movies. There we go. I knew it was going to come. <laughs> The Fast and the Furious movies, huge fan of those. So she was uh, Vin Diesel's girlfriend. So I was like a boy racer when I was young in my rebellious stage, which I've never left, to be fair. I'm still in my rebellious stage. But I loved her as an actress. She is an actress, a writer, and a director, and she has ADHD. And she talked about, like an article I was reading about her, how she dropped out of school early. And, you know, people thought that she wasn't going to amount to much, but she's actually gone on to create a lot of success in her own way. Justin Timberlake, he has both OCD and ADHD. Channing Tatum, so he is the actor in Magic Mike. Will I Am, the, I want to say singer, songwriter, but is it considered rap? I'm not sure. <laughs> And another one is Walt Disney, which makes so much sense to me when you think about how creative he was and how much joy he brought into the world in a unique way. How cool is that? And now I could keep going, but I just simply, simply want to showcase a variety of people who have thrived with ADHD and have learned to use and harness their ADHD for them especially in things that they are passionate about. If you, you know, Richard Branson, passionate about being an entrepreneur, you know, Emma Watson and Michelle Rodriguez and Justin Timberlake, pa passionate about acting. Michael Jordan, passionate about his, you know, basketball. Whatever it is, passionate about being a singer, you know, whatever your passions are, maybe it's helping people like me. When you're passionate about something, it is so easy to harness our um, hyper focus and our hyperactivity and all of those things and like channel it in the direction that we want to go in and thrive. And I love that these people are simply showing us what's possible. So I was thinking about what a superpower is and according to, I think it may have been Google or chat GPT, which I'm, I'm obsessed with using right now. It said exceptional or extraordinary power or ability. So a superpower is a special or extraordinary superhuman ability that is greater than what is considered quote unquote normal. 
Superpowers are typically displayed in science fiction, comic books, television programs, video games, and films as the key attribute of a superhero. So anyway, when I think about TV characters who have superpowers, they have a mixture of both assets and liabilities. There are often, you know, perhaps hiding a lot of, you know, hiding their, their, their superpower and, you know, keeping it in secret. There may be a lot of pressure that they feel to use their skills for good. They, they may even have some negative side effects of using their powers and, you know, being exposed to certain things. And they also have the ability because of those superpowers and because of their differences to do extraordinary things, things that are world changing. So you don't get the positive and the extraordinary without some negative, right? It's like you can't have good without bad. How can you really truly appreciate happiness without sadness? How can you really truly appreciate success without failure, right? We get one in relation to the other. So when I think of superpowers, I always think of one of the kids that I co-parent. So my partner has three boys. They are seven, 10, and 12. And the 10-year-old, the middle child, he has Williams syndrome. Now, it is very rare. And if you're not familiar with Williams syndrome, I'm just going to say it is kind of similar to Down syndrome in that there is some physical differences. They are... um, quite behind mentally in terms of learning. So although he's 10, he he kind of uh, acts, reads, writes, behaves at more of, I would say, roughly a three to four year old level. Now, he has the most incredible superpower. And before I tell you that, I want to say that a couple of the challenges that he faces is spatial awareness. So he struggles to um, dress himself, for example, because he he has trouble understanding like which way around to put things and where to put your arms and everything just feels and looks different to him. He also really struggles with noise. Rain and thunderstorms really upset him. He hears it differently than we do. And he can get very, very upset and worked up during these times. He also, like many of us with ADHD, can struggle to regulate his emotions. He doesn't know how to process um, anger. So say, for example, if he's allowed to watch TV for a while and he comes off, sometimes he can get very angry about that. And he doesn't know how to, you know, uh, process and show his emotion in a way that isn't really negative and disruptive to those around him. So that's something we're working on. However, as I said, there are some, you know, perhaps more challenging qualities to his superpower, but let me tell you what his superpower is. He is the most loving human I have ever, ever met. And I have met hundreds of thousands of people. He is incredible. So what I mean by that is he believes everybody is a good kind human and he wants to know them. So he will play with everybody at school. He is the most popular kid. He says hi to everyone. He will give everybody a hug. He will stand out 
at our front gate and he will wave at the rubbish truck driver. He will speak to any stranger who goes past. He will ask them how they are, how their day is going. He will ask them what their name is. He will immediately like them and want to be friends with them. This also applies to somebody who may have been mean to him at school the day before. The next day, he's completely forgotten about it. It could even be an hour later. He's completely forgotten about it. And he just wants to love them. And when I say the most loving kid you've ever met, he loves hugs. He loves pets. He loves every single human being, no matter who they are, what they've done to him before. He just loves them. He wants to talk to them. He wants to make sure they're okay and that they're happy. And he likes to hug and give high fives. He is just radiating love. I can't even describe it to you because it just, it, it's like something I've never experienced before. He has this superpower. Like if you are upset and, and on the days when I've perhaps been sick in bed, he is the one constantly coming upstairs to say, are you okay? Can I help you? What do you need? Do you want a hug? Like he is just radiating love and concern for you. It is so beautiful. That is his superpower. I have never met another human being like this. Now, we never blame his Williams syndrome when he has a tantrum or when he can't get himself dressed or he puts something on back the front, inside out. We never want to change him. No, we love him exactly the way he is. We are grateful that he he is different. We are happy that he is who he he is and that he has these incredible abilities and that he sees the world in a way that we can't, that his love knows no limits. He has the most amazing superpower. And this is how I think of us having ADHD. One in 20 of us roughly have these incredible skills, ADHD superpowers that although similar are still unique to each of us. They, we each have slightly different ADHD skills and abilities and powers. Now, I just want to remind you that what you think determines how you feel. So when you choose to think about having ADHD Like, or what, sorry, rather, what you choose to think about having ADHD will determine how you will feel about having ADHD. Okay, so for example, if I was to think that having ADHD meant that I was royally screwed and, you know, I was never going to be able to achieve anything, I would just feel awful. If I spent lots of time wishing I didn't have ADHD, wishing I could get rid of it or wishing I could just be like neurotypical people... I would feel awful. I don't. I don't feel awful. I feel empowered. Why? Because I choose to think and believe that having ADHD is what sets me apart. Having ADHD is my superpower. And when I think that way about it, I feel empowered. So my friends, I want to leave you with these questions to think about as it relates to your ADHD. And I really encourage you to write them down, pause this recording, or maybe even play it back later, write them down and spend just five or 10 minutes answering them. 
I guarantee you it will help you to feel better about your ADHD. So here are these questions. What has your ADHD helped you to do? What positive experiences has it contributed to in your life? What does ADHD give you that it doesn't give neurotypical people? And how do you want to think about your ADHD? What do you want to make it mean for you in your life? Now, I know some of those questions are similar, but sometimes just asking them in a slightly different way. I know for me in my brain, it really helps me to think a little outside the box a little differently. Okay, so write them down, answer them. And I really encourage you to practice thinking a little differently about what it means to have ADHD. Okay, and if you want any help, remember that I offer one-to-one coaching. I would love to work with you. Just visit my website, xenajones.com, and you can book in for a consultation. Huge love, my fellow ADHDers. Have a beautiful week. Hey, friend. I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com slash ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.